welcome to the Animal Rescue Podcast, which you always wanted to know but didn't know who to ask. We will be talking with different people throughout the animal rescue world, finding answers to the questions you've been wondering. All right. All right. So Quinn, thank you so much for taking the time to talk with me about um, Replace Denver breed-specific legislation. Um, so first of all, um, can you tell me a little bit about the history of breed-specific legislation? Yeah, so um, I mean, it started, it was a big wave that started in the 80s. Um, that's when Denver's came about. Um, but there was um, a lot of dog bites and unfortunately some fatalities that had happened um, where this big wave started um, that these towns, cities, counties, however, you know, you know wherever you live is um, how they work locally, created breed-specific legislation, which um, as we know it today is targeted towards pit bull type dogs, but it's really, um, like it says in the name, it's for any breed of dog. Um, it just has kind of been dubbed the pit bull ban um, because majority of this law is targeted towards pit bull type dogs. There are some cities or counties that have added on either Rottweilers or German Shepherds, um, but they could essentially breed, uh, ban any type of breed um, within um, wherever you live. So um, let's see, Denver's has been around for like 30 years before it was changed this past fall. And yeah, it's just kind of all over. It's all over the country. It's in Canada. It's in the UK. Um, and unfortunately, it's locally. So you have to do it by town or by county. It's um, quite a painstakingly yeah. taxing thing to have to switch in every county. Yeah. So how did you get started with Replace Denver BSO? So I started it um, with three other women about three years ago. Um, I moved here from Den um, sorry, I moved to Denver from Chicago and I had a pit bull type dog and did not know that BSL was a thing. Um, and then I did some research. I found out that a town south of Denver called Castle Rock had just overturned its BSL ban. Um, so I reached out to the organizer there. Her name is um, Jen Dudley, she's great. And just asked if anyone in Denver had was starting this, you know, here. And if not, you know, I was gonna have to start it, which was a little daunting. Um, but um, Hannah, who unfortunately had to step away from the organization pretty early on, she was getting married, she was in mm. grad school, she was working, it was, it was a lot for her. But she originally started it. And then Shira and myself hopped on very shortly after. I think they had, she had a logo and um, an idea. <laughs> I think that was it. So um, I hopped on pretty quick with Shira um, and then Shira and I ran it together for a couple of years before we got Mara involved. Um, but yeah, it's been quite a journey. My goodness. So how did you guys work on educating the public about kind of the, the negative side of breed specific legislation? Um, we were a big proponent of social media. We did everything social media, even before the pandemic happened, we did everything. All of our outreach was digital. So we were, are like a true 2020 
type of organization <laughs> where we very much used as much social media as we could. We created a Facebook group, an Instagram group. Um, we eventually got to Twitter. Uh, Sharon and I laugh because we are not Twitter people. <laughs> we do not understand it. But um, we really started there. And then Shira made a briefing book and it was all the statistics that she could find, um, you know, that were correct and not just from not, you know, not credible sources. So she made this entire briefing book. We presented it to the public. Um, We posted articles, we started conversations and we just like built up this little community within Denver. And um, that's how we really did all of our work um, until we got to the votes, which started happening like a year, almost like a year ago right now, actually. Yeah. Wow. So I, I was looking on your website and, um, you know, mentioning to my husband some of the pieces that I saw. And one of the big things that I noticed was, I'm going to make sure I get this right. Mm-hmm. Over with the within the thirty years of breed specific legislation in Denver, um, it maintained the highest number of bite cases in the nation, right? Okay, so say that again. I guess I'm not understanding. So I think so. Over in the within the thirty years of breed specific legislation, mm-hmm. Denver still maintained the highest number of bite cases in the nation. That right? Um, I do not know. Actually, I don't know if that if it is on our website. Yes, <laughs> probably <laughs> correct. There are very there's a lot of statistics on there, um, and if that is the case, Shira did all of the work on finding all of these stats and making sure that that was all correct. So, um, if that is if that's on there, then yes. Yes. So, <laughs> I thought that was a shocking statistics to see. And so my husband started talking about, okay, well, but what is the source? What is this? What is that? And so how do you talk with someone who is skeptical about the statistics? Um, I mean, honestly, you, you just have to present it to them. We, we went into this with fact-based education and um, science. And so we, when we went to a vote last um, last winter, you know, we ha- had someone come in who was a certified doc, you know, doctor, PhD, um, and did her in, you know, most of her research on dog bites. Um, and so we utilized her and her knowledge and her background to advocate for us because we're not, we're not scientists. We're not doctors. We are just advocates. Um, and so, like I said, Shira did so much back research on all this stuff and to verify all of the articles that we have put up on our website, um, or have presented to the public. Um, she made sure they were from credible, um, sources and that's just a reputation that those sources have maintained um, throughout their career. So that's kind of how we presented it to people. We just did facts, statistics, and science. Yeah. I mean, I, I glanced at it. That briefing book is amazing. Yes, it is very extensive. She worked very, it's her baby. I mean, yeah. it's, the thing is like a work of art. It's beautiful. Um, and she worked really hard on that. And it's, you know, it's, 
going to be a work in progress because there's going to be so many more statistics um, coming out from, you know, us in Denver, yeah. all of our dogs. So hopefully we will be able to update it with um, more up-to-date information. Yeah. So what do you think, or do you know what um, has kept Denver having such high bite rates, even with legislation that was supposed to prevent that? You know, I'm going to have to look into this because I, you know, I'm not, I'm not sure about that statistic. Yeah. Um, do you mind if I take a look at it really quick while we're chatting? No, you are just fine. Yeah. Um, because that one is not uh, ringing a bell. And so I want to, and you found that under news and blog or media and resources. It was, I think on the main page, when you scroll towards the bottom. Okay. And while you're looking at that, sure. can you clarify what the breed is? Like is Pitbull an actual breed or is it more of an umbrella term? Yeah, Pitbull is not a breed. Um, it is an umbrella term. So you can have like staffies in there. Um, you know, there's like the blue pits. There's there's all different kinds. It's a big umbrella. Um, Chef our Terriers, you know, like the gamut of all of these dogs. Um, so when people use the term pit bull, it is an umbrella for a bunch of different breeds. Pit bull is not a breed, um, which is why we try to use the word pit bull type dog because it, yeah. it encompasses a lot of different breeds. Yeah, okay. So how, how are these uh, cities and counties, um, local ordinances, how are they determining whether or not a dog fit under that pit bull umbrella? So they, um, the Denver Animal Shelter does these courses um, called breed assessments. Um, and they're doing breed assessments to determine if these dogs are pit bull type dogs. They have to have a certain percentage. Um, so it's like 51% is the majority um, that this dog is a pit bull type dog. So um, Josh, who's actually uh, our contact over at Denver Animal Protection, um, he holds these courses and um, I think at the end of the course, you have to um, correctly identify 10 different breeds um, and then you pass the course and then you're able to do breed assessments going forward. So these officers do these courses um, and it's, you know, it's not a science. Um, it, they're doing the best that they can to determine what is a you know, pit bull type dog and what isn't, um, but that's how they do it. And so they, it's all visual. They don't, they don't accept, you know, DNA records. They don't accept things from the vets. Um, it's really just the breed assessment to determine if they're a pit bull type dog to then get this extra permit. Um, and I just looked at the website, so I see yeah. the quote and yes, it is, um, it is bites all around. Right. So I want, yes. So I want to specify that it's yes. not, Yes. Not, pit not pit type, just yes. in general. In general. Because yeah. obviously that legislation, um, from what I've read, if you were deemed to have a pit bull type, it was forcibly removed and either relocated or mm -hmm. they would make you put it down. Correct. And that was all visual based. So I, I'm struggling to wrap my head around 
them not accepting a DNA test or vet information and just going off that visual test. So that's going forward for the breed assessment. Um, and in the past, you know, dog DNA is kind of a newer thing. So they, sure. they weren't using it at first. Um, and you know, I'm, I'm not sure if they did any DNA tests recently. Um, but I can say they have like an astounding statistic that, you know, over the past, like, I think it was three years, they had 2,500 phone calls of someone in Denver having a pit bull type dog and they needed to come out and look at that dog. And every single time, cause they, you know, they have to, they have to go and look into all of these claims. Every single um, one of those calls, none of the dogs were actually being a disturbance. They were just, it was just someone saying, I see a pit bull. I know that they're illegal. Oh my um, goodness. And of all of those, I think like, I want to say it was something like almost 0% were actually pit bull type dogs. Like the, these people at animal, um, that Denver animal protection are just running around in circles, wasting their time because of this, this ban that clearly, like you said, um, does not, was not doing anything mm -mm. for the city of Denver. It was not keeping any of its con constituents safe. It wasn't yeah. keeping the dogs safe. And they had to, they had to go out to every single one of those phone calls because they were illegal. And so they're wasting their time. They're wasting your time. Mm -hmm. Um, and obviously all these other dogs are having bites right. and, um, they're not able to really put a lot of attention towards those. So we're hoping that this is what needed to happen in Denver to repeal completely in a couple years. But um, this replacement is going to free up their time. It's going to give them more funds to do what actually needs to be done in Denver to take care of the dogs and to take care of the people. Yeah. So can you tell me the the laws weren't completely repealed then it was just a reworking of it it was a replacement okay um so we found out very early on um in our in starting this organization that there were people that were sitting on city council that actually helped put this law in place 30 years ago um as well as the mayor was very adamant that he did not want this ban to go away um, and so he had stated that he was going to veto it if they had, if it passes. So, um, we were in an uphill battle from the beginning and luckily councilman Herndon got a hold of us and we had many meetings with him and discussions. And he said, this replacement is what's going to work in Denver. If you do a full out repeal, it is not going to work and it won't pass. I should say that it won't pass. Not that it won't work. Yeah. But it won't pass. Yep. Um, and so we had to swallow our pride a little bit and realize that, you know, it's been 30 years. No one has been able to do this. Um, baby steps are better than no steps. Mm -hmm. So we decided, um, you know, whether people were going to be for it or not, this was what we needed to do in Denver to get to the next step. So yes, it is a replacement law. It allows pitbulls back in, um, but it monitors them um, for the first three years. So if you were to get a, a pitbull type dog today in Denver, you would go get your breed assessment done. 
They determine it's a pit bull. You then have to get a special um, dangerous dog uh, permit and they are monitored for three years. Uh, and in addition, you have to get a regular dog license as well. So if you're a dog over the, the next three years, nothing happens, then they are just like every other dog after that. And they just get a license and they're just like every other dog. And if there is an incident that your dog bites someone or whatever may happen, um, animal control comes out, they assess the situation. I mean, dog, dog bites happen all the time. So right. if the dog bites, they determine, you know, it wasn't that bad. They're allowed to, you know, go back out in public, whatever. Um, but then your clock starts over from zero again. Oh, wow. So then you have three years. So we are really putting it on the owners. You know, mm -hmm. you need to train your animal, but your animals aren't gonna be taken away unless there's some sort of detrimental thing that happens with you, your dog and some, and something else, yeah. but that's for any dog in Denver. Yeah. Um, but your dog's not just going to be taken away. That's like, it's like a warning, you know, and we wanted to put it on the owners to train your dog to be responsible. Obviously a lot of these dogs are coming from shelters are coming from, uh, backgrounds that we know nothing about. Sure. So you always need to be cognizant of what your dog, um, like how that your dog handles social situations. Um, and, you know, maybe your dog doesn't do well at dog parks with a lot of other dogs around them. Well, you should be aware of that um, and act accordingly. So we're really trying to educate owners um, and make it so that they are responsible for their, their pet. Yeah. So after a few years, are you going to get back in it and see if you can get it repealed completely or what's the plan? That is our goal. Um, but obviously right now we're focused on the here and now because yeah. um, this law just got into play January 1. Which That's so exciting. So it's literally one month ago today. Yay. It's our one month anniversary. It's very exciting. <laughs> <laughs> so um, our our goal for right now is to make sure this works. We want to make sure that everyone gets their dogs permitted, gets their dogs licensed, um, and is a responsible owner. That is our sole focus in Denver right now. Yeah. So how did you, how did your uh, group gain the most traction? Was it just social media? I mean, for people who are in other counties or states who want to get something going, what what are some good first steps or what do you recommend? Yeah, that's a great question because um, a, another side of what we're doing with this organization is helping out other cities across the nation actually. Um, and my initial meetings with them are get to know your local leaders and start a Facebook group. That's literally where we started. It's yeah. as simple as that um, and start having the conversation. That's where we started. We started a Facebook group and we started the conversation and we started putting out these news articles and we started having, um, you know, we didn't even have in-person meetings even before the pandemic. It was all social media. So I just really encourage people to, to utilize that at your fingertips, especially during a pandemic. Yeah. Um, and that's where we started. How we got the most traction was, I honestly think this is just something that a lot of people care about. And I think that because it was a 30 year old ban in Denver um, 
And to be honest, it was our votes were happening before a lot of other things were happening in the world. Um, this happened last year. It was before the pandemic. It was before all of the Black Lives Matter movement happened. It was before the presidential election. I mean, a lot has yeah. happened in this past year and we were right before that. So there was not, I mean, I should say there's always a lot going on, in the news, but there was not a lot going on in the news. And yeah. I think that really, really helped us. Um, some celebrities got wind of it and they started posting for us. Um, we just started reaching out to um, news stations and doing interviews. And then that, you know, that local interview got picked up by, you know, New York Times or, you know, it's just like, yeah. it's really just something that we did locally, but really expanded. And I think it's because everyone around the country is impacted by this and people want it to be um, changed. They want to make a change. And we understand people want to stay safe when they're around animals. Um, but we also understand that people want to have their pets um, and feel safe as well. So we tried to really hear everyone's voices when we were when we were doing this. Yeah. So for people who are getting started with this, I mean, just coming from, so I volunteer at the local animal shelter and I help, um, you know, coordinate rescues and all that. And even with the support that I have, it can sometimes get really, really daunting. Yes. Um, what suggestions or what tips do you have for people who are thinking about taking on this movement in their area to, you know, keep going? Yeah. Um, I mean, we, had each other. We leaned on each other. I didn't know Shira when I started this. Oh, we really? Were, yeah, we were strangers. And now we are literally lifelong friends. We text almost every day. So we got very lucky that we um, get along so great and are on the same page and work very well together. I'm not going to lie. We got very lucky. <laughs> um, but I would say lean on your friends, lean on your family. But to be honest, it's the community that keeps me going. It is the, I'm probably gonna get a little emotional because it's like, it's a community that I never expected to come across. I never owned pit bull type dogs growing up. I always was an animal lover. I always had dogs. Um, I you know volunteered at an animal shelter, but um, this community is, amazing it is so amazing and they're the ones that keep you going to yeah. be honest they send you messages of support of congratulations there are people i've never met in person and i know them like a friend down the street or a neighbor it is really empowering and that is what kept me going to be honest like you think that you need a strong husband to hold you up every day or a parent to call you and make sure you're doing okay. But like, it's this community that really just kept us moving. Yeah. I, so we rescued a, the shelter labeled her or they classified her as a pit mix. Mm -hmm. um, and ever since we got her and I've seen, you know, the replaced Denver BSL stuff on Instagram, I just, I cannot imagine if I had to move to Denver or some other community that had breed specific legislation, like I would not, 
that would that's just the the worst to imagine like you either have to change what town or city you live in or get rid of your dog yes it um i i am lucky that my dog I mean, I got my breed assessment done and they said, you know, she didn't need the, she did not oh need the special permit. <laughs> um, but she, I mean, she has pit bull in her. Um, so, so when I moved here, I didn't have the same fears that a lot of people did because she's so tiny. Um, she's only 22 pounds and, um, you know, I didn't have to worry about it. But when we started um, when this, when we started gathering stories last year to take this to a vote to city council, a huge part of what we wanted was for them to hear from people that could not move here because of this ban. And I was getting letters, letter emails were being poured in and I put packets together for each council member. And we had dozens and dozens of letters from people that couldn't move here because of this ban. And yeah. that's all they wanted was to be here. And they had to choose a suburb around Denver and they don't come to Denver. Yeah. Um, and, you know, it's heartbreaking. This is this is like such a young and vibrant city that we live in. Um, and it has one of the most, or had, I should say yes. had, one of the most archaic laws, um, you know, that I have seen, especially for young people. It's yeah. just kind of outrageous. So um, it definitely, reading those letters was heartbreaking. It really was. I bet. Um, because these animals aren't just their animals, they're their family. Exactly. Well, Quinn, thank you so much for your time. Um, if people want to learn more about breed-specific legislation or about your group specifically, where can they go to find you? So our website is replacedenverbsl.org. Um, we have a beautiful website that one of our volunteers created. I still look at it daily and I'm like in awe of how beautiful it is. <laughs> so <laughs> all of our information is on there. The briefing book is on there. Um, we have other statistics on there and it's just linked to a bunch of other things. You can also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, all at Replace Denver BSL. Um, we are still doing a lot of things in the community. We're still fundraising. Um, we're currently reaching out to other cities across the nation to keep this movement going. Um, so we're still doing a lot of stuff and we're not just disappearing. We didn't just, you know, decide to change Denver and, and stop there. So yeah. um, definitely keep following us and um, maybe we'll be in a city near you soon. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. I appreciate it. Of course. Thank you for listening to this week's episode of the Animal Rescue Podcast. If you like what you hear, please rate, review, and subscribe and tell your friends. Thank you.